Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey, everybody, this is David. Before we get started this week, I just wanted to tell you about an upcoming event we've got in New York City on May 1st called Elevate Creativity. This is my favorite event of all the ones we do. It is a one-day event where we bring in some of the brightest minds in creative marketing today from the brand side, the agency side, the technology side, and we learn about how they do some of the coolest work that they've made. Uh, We're talking brands like HBO, Refinery29, Diageo, IHOP, Adidas. Uh, We're going to be learning from leaders in the emerging uh, AR and VR technology. Uh, And some of the coolest agencies around today are going to be there. Lucky Generals, Huge, Droga5, Fancy, RGA, Giant Spoon. Uh, It's a a packed lineup, and we're squeezing it all into one day. So uh, I hope you can join us. Uh, Just go to adweek.com slash elevate. It's adweek.com slash elevate. Our early bird pricing has ended, but uh, we're knocking the price down for podcast listeners. So enter the promo code podcast. It's just podcast when you go to adweek.com slash elevate and click to save your seat. Uh, Once again, that's adweek.com slash elevate. Hope to see you there. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, advertising, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek. And back with me after so long, so long, we've forgotten what each other even sound like. It's Sarah Jurdy, a reporter covering the digital media industry here at Adweek. Sarah, I know we just had you on the last episode, so thank you for coming back. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We have uh, the reason we brought you back is because as recently as the most recent episode of this podcast, we were talking about uh, when will we hear the details of Disney plus of their streaming service plans? Uh, Will it be a game changer? Spoiler alert. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we have since learned uh, all of that has been revealed this week. uh, Quite a lot was revealed this week, like way more than I think, uh, than, than maybe events like the Apple, what was the Apple streaming service called again? Apple plus. Oh yeah. Boy, everyone yeah, loves really pluses. original. <laughs> you guys should sign up for Adweek plus. Do we have an Adweek plus? I, I shouldn't make fun of that without checking, make sure we actually have one. Um, <laughs> No, the uh, so it it was bigger, I think, than a lot of us thought. So we're going to uh, dig into that. We're also going to talk Game of Thrones. There will be no spoilers. 
because we have not watched Game of Thrones. It's uh, We're recording this on Friday. Uh, it's coming back this weekend uh, for its final season. And brands have been going straight up bonkers, uh, just tripping over themselves trying to make any Game of Thrones thing they can. Beers, whiskeys, uh, who knows, everything. Underwear. Mm-hmm. So all of it. We're going to have Sarah has been covering all this and more, and she will be helping us parse through all of it. It's going to be a fun episode. Really looking forward to this. And, well, well I didn't even mention new Star Wars trailer for episode nine. Literally dropped week. like 20 minutes before we're recording this. So <laughs> let's get to it. All right, Sarah. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know where to start. Um, do you want to start with Game of Thrones or do you want to start with uh, Disney? Uh, let's start with Game of Thrones. I'm really, really jazzed about this Sunday's episode. All right. So, uh, again, we have not seen it uh, yet. Right. I, I, I want to squeeze I want to go back. I just renewed HBO Now, I guess it's called, right? The streaming mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. Um, just renewed it. And uh, I need to go back and rewatch like that last episode um, because I obviously remember the big dramatic conclusion uh, to the last season and mm-hmm. setting up an awesome. I am also part of this uh, Game of Thrones Fantasy League. Have you ever heard of these nice. things? No, never. Please go on. Oh, dude, it's so great. Um, and so you you get a bunch of friends together before the season starts. Uh, this has obviously only been possible since the since the series surpassed the books mm-hmm. because you know up till then we pretty much knew what was going to happen. Um, and then now that we don't, you get a team together and you do a draft. And you draft characters from the show, uh, basically all the ones that are on the IMDb for this season, mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, there's some new people, but it's mostly old, you know, old classics. And uh, and then if they kill people, if they ride a dragon, if they become king or queen, um, if they die in a memorable way, you get points. Uh, nice. If if they have sex, if they eat food, is my favorite. Like <laughs> these wow. these aren't these aren't made up by us. This is an editor for The Verge. Uh, <laughs> d- like allocates these points and is just kind of the random arbiter of of points. Uh, I won last season. Nice, nice. So, so hopefully got, you have uh, Cersei winning it all this season and will win again. Uh, no, I have Daenerys. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had the second round draft pick. The first round went to um, Night King, which okay. who I had last season and was a huge point getter in that last episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and then this year I have Daenerys, um, Melisandre. Uh, mm-hmm. You get you get points for magic, so I'm banking on that. And then uh, and then I've got uh, Gendry, who okay. is kind of technically the next in line for the throne, right? Mm-hmm. Like by by some logistics. So I don't know. Anyway, here's hoping. But uh, let, <laughs> let's get let's get back to the actual news. Um, how are brands celebrating Game of Thrones? Well, I think they're just as enthusiastic about it as we are. Um, this is, uh, there's been a, a, more than 100 partnerships HBO has had with different brands throughout the world, partnering on anything from whiskey, underwear, shoes, you know, coffee mugs, pretty much anything that you could think of has partnered with HBO to drum up interest um, in this show. And it's the last time around, this is the last season, uh, last batch of episodes for the last season, rather, I guess we should say, Um so everybody has wanted to get on board and and be a part of the excitement. The uh, we should talk about the one that hit most close to home for us. Mountain Dew sent a raven. Oh yes, uh, how could I forget Mountain Dew? So 
Mountain Dew has partnered with HBO to create this can. And when you freeze the can, it, it it's completely white when you get it, completely clear of any sort of type. And then when you freeze it or chill the can, then you get um, the kill list from Arya Stark. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, you can see who all she wants to kill going into this last season. And funny enough, Mountain Dew, part of the shtick was they uh, told partners, you know, we'll send you a raven if you just, you know, tell us where you are. So we replied, you know, of course, here, send a raven, here's our address. And then they came and showed up with the can. And actually, Raven, Raven Simone, delivered the can to us here in the office. And so that was a fun little afternoon. That was one of the most random run-ins I've ever had <laughs> at Adweek. I was like literally getting ready to leave the office and I walk out and Raven Simone's just hanging out. <laughs> it like, truly, truly was wild. Extremely unexpected. Um, but yeah, way, I, I don't think I saw Adweek staffers run faster than when free food's available in the kitchen to, to go meet and see Raven Simone. Yeah, that's the 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 close tie. Now we know Raven Simone and any sort of free food. Right. Uh, the uh, I really liked the Oreos integration uh, that they did um, with some very dark Game of Thronesy designs. Uh, I don't. Did they actually sell any of those? They said that they were. It was available in stores. Yeah, it is available in some stores, but I don't think you're going to be able to find them anymore. I mean, they had just a few select packs, and they went like hotcakes, as I'm sure you might imagine. Um, but, yeah, that was a really fun one. I, I don't know if you saw the Adidas Shoes. Um, our video editor and not editor on this podcast, Josh Rios, got a couple pairs, and he sort of unpacked them here at the office. And they're really cool. They're kind of like they look similar colors as Game of Thrones uses and remind you of that that world. Um, but those were a pricey item. I think they were almost like $200. Yeah, and the um, I saw that the, no surprise here. I don't think I've ever said this name out loud, so I may get it wrong, but the Omegong, the, the, the brewery, is it Omegong or mm-hmm. Omegang? Um, Good question. They've been doing this for a while. They've they've had a – they mm-hmm. somehow became like the Game of Thrones uh, officially licensed brewery a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did a uh, – a line called or a, a varietal called for the throne, um, and so it was good to see. You know, they were one that was early to the to this game. Like now, mm-hmm. it's like April Fool's level, right? Of yeah, everyone was everyone was doing something, whether they were officially licensed or not. You know, right? And, and so it's good to see someone who is kind of early to the game and is still is still out there, still doing some good stuff. But what, what were the whiskeys? Uh, I've seen those pop up a, a few different times, like a, a line of whiskeys mm-hmm. na- named after the characters. Is that what it was? So Johnny Walker um, put a line out that was I, I forget the the exact name of it, but it was after the White Walkers, and it kind of had that Johnny Walker logo, and it was made to look like a white White Walker. And when similar to the Mountain Dew can, when you put it in the freezer, it, it changed its type, and it turned frosty and sort of like you were um, north of the wall at that point. Um, and then there was also the same maker of Johnny Walker also created this full whiskey line um, and had local distilleries make their own whiskey um to the tone of each sort of family. So the Lannisters had a type of whiskey and all the different, the Targaryens, all the different families had a a line of whiskey. But that is available online and the Johnny Walker is available in stores. So that might be a little bit easier to get for your your watching parties every Sunday. I can't believe I forgot until you said that it was instead of Johnny Walker, it was White Walker. Right. Yeah. Yes. A little bit of fun there. Easy, easy uh, one to slide in. Uh, Shake Shack had a secret menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they have? They had a, 
uh, a, a Dracaris burger, which is mm-hmm. what Daenerys yells to get the dragons to breathe fire, mm-hmm. and a, a dragon glass shake. Does Shake Shack always have a secret menu? I, I mean, I know In-N-Out does. I guess I've never bothered to learn. It's like In-N-Out, the, the official menu only has like five things on it. Mm-hmm. So, so of course, it has a secret menu because otherwise there's just nothing to order Shake Shack. I just <laughs> stare at that menu like an idiot. <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm what I'm going to order anyway, but I I never think of them as a secret menu place. Yeah, I think um, I think they've always are testing out a few different recipes, so you can order if you know what to order some some secret stuff. But the burger that they have partnered with this it sounds disgusting. It's like a huge glop of cheese with bacon and. Um, you know, a couple of different patties. And the shake is, um, I think, vanilla and chocolate ice cream with some s- special dragon glass that's safe to consume. So I don't know if it's like some <laughs> sort of sprinkles or whatever, but. They didn't just drop obsidian in there. Like, yeah, mm, yeah. No. Enjoy. Um, uh, yeah. The, uh, one of my favorite ad campaigns from last year uh, returned. This was the pretty obscure at the time, although it became a big favorite. Uh, KFC had a campaign called Hot and Spicy last year out of Hong Kong. So it was made by Ogilvy Hong Kong. And what they did is they replaced fire in photos with uh, fried chicken. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, you see all those ones about is it, you know, is this photo of dogs or what was it, you know, bagels or what, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you see these things all the time. And, and and so people had done this before of like replacing, uh, you know, fire with, with fried chicken. Uh, but they really, they did it so good. It was they just did. so good. Like the fire coming out of the space shuttle and all this stuff. And, and it, it really a, took you a few seconds to see that it was chicken. It looked like yeah. <laughs> flames at, at first glance. And they, you know, and they don't spell it out. It just says mm-hmm. hot and spicy in the corner. And so, um, you know, when we wrote that up, it was, you know, it's just this little campaign out of Hong Kong. It ended up winning gold at Cannes because, you know, the execution was just flawless. Well, anyway, that was a, almost exactly a year ago. They brought it back uh, just now just for Game of Thrones. Uh, they had a, a dragon breathing fried chicken. <laughs> Which, I love it. In, until I said it out loud, it, <laughs> I realized how stupid that sounds. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the case with a lot of these. I mean, who would have thought that Urban Decay, a makeup line, for example, has anything to do with Game of Thrones? But, like, everyone is just coming out of the woodworks to to get on the action. I, You know, I just, as, as a longtime nerd, you know, I'm just so... I'm just so happy. Like I know some people don't <laughs> don't like it when the things that they love become big hits, right? Mm-hmm. L- like there's a certain joy in your favorite band not being popular, mm-hmm. uh, and then when they blow up, you're like, I liked them back when they were legit. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm not that person with Game of Thrones. I, I loved it before the the show. You know, before it, any of us even thought there could ever be a show mm-hmm. uh, about these books. And I, I worked at a bookstore, and I would recommend them to people with like 900 caveats. You know, it's like, well, there is a lot of incest and right. uh, really graphic everything, but but these are really good. Uh, and <laughs> and you know, and so it's just been I don't know. I love when all my worlds kind of collide and seeing advertisers just geek out on this show uh, as much as I've enjoyed it and to just just have fun because it's the last season and I mean mm-hmm. there's there's what there's a prequel series in the works is that mm-hmm. right yep so you know it's not going away they're not going to stop making money but and not to try and, and match your enthusiasm even but I will say it's nice and exciting when all of us can kind of be interested in something at once you know all of these brand, brands getting on board and everyone's looking forward to Sunday evening because of this big event um, I don't know it's, it's it is kind of exciting yeah, we talk about this a lot in the sense of we live in this streaming world where you know things are not what what's the official TV phrase for it uh, like time 
programmed. No, that's, there's some there's some industry word. You know, it's appointment TV. That's what it, appointment mm-hmm. TV. Where like we don't live in that world anymore, right? We like we don't we don't all watch the same shows at the same time, and it makes right. it hard to talk about it. It makes it hard to like to just be polite like mm-hmm. Avengers is coming out and everyone's honestly racing to see it on like the opening day not because they necessarily want to but because they don't want it to be spoiled right well I was just saying I've never really experienced a phenom- a live TV show a scripted TV show phenomenon quite like this to the extent I mean I used to watch Fear Factor way back in the in the day with my dad every night um, but beyond that I mean there wasn't one show that I had to watch that evening and then talk about it with my friends um because I'll miss something otherwise. And I really feel like Game of Thrones has sort of captured our attention in that way that kind of harkens back to the way things used to be. Yeah, and it's, you know, so it is just really nice to have something that, uh, while I'm sure a lot of people will try to avoid spoilers because, you know, can't always get around to it. I saw, like, somebody created a series of buttons to put or like pins to put on your backpack or your shirt that show how far you are in the series so that people won't spoil it (laughs) i was just like no one's gonna use that but you know it's yeah it's it's just it's great it's great when you have these moments uh whether it's sometimes it's like the oscars or an award show or the super bowl but this this one's just a lot more fun and and i really do applaud the creativity that brands brought to it so i hope everyone hope the show was good Hope the premiere was good. <laughs> We're recording this in advance. Um, but, you know, after that finale last season, I don't know how much we can expect to to match that. But, um, yeah. I know, yeah. If uh, if Cersei dies, I'm, I'm going to take all this back and, and be really mad at all the creativity that was drummed up for interest because it better be good, I guess, is what I'm saying. Sarah just cancels her HBO subscription. <laughs> yeah, forget it. It's over. <laughs> I, I am here for the incestuous murder queen or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, to Disney. Uh, we can talk real briefly because there's not a whole lot to say. Uh, they just uh, – we're recording this Friday. They just released the uh, Episode Nine trailer uh, for Star Wars. I, I'm not really going to play it because it would just be a bunch of, like, TIE fighter noises and people <laughs> screaming. There's no dialogue. I, I There's a – you know, so we – it opens on Rey, uh, of course, the star of the last two movies, and kind of the new the new Jedi um, apparent, and uh, and she's having a one on one showdown on the ground with a Tie Fighter, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't see how it ends, and uh, you know, but she's looking pretty badass after all of her training in the last uh, movie. No real surprise there. She kind of came out of the like she emerged fully formed, which I know some people complained about. Like, oh, she she came right out doing all this cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but do we really want to watch someone like get trained in a swamp for an entire movie before <laughs> they start doing cool stuff? Like, we all know where this goes. Um, and then uh, with, there's a few nice surprises in there, uh, and I, and the reason I'm describing all this is uh, Sarah has not gotten a chance to watch the trailer yet, right. so I'm just spoiling it for you. No, this right. is perfect. Exactly what I need. Uh, we see a few little, mostly just cool backdrops. Uh, there is a shot where they're approaching what looks like an ocean or a lake that has chunks of the Death Star float like in it. Hmm. So obviously, when the Death Star exploded, it I guess chunks of it landed on. Indoor or wherever, um, so that's cool looking. Uh, and uh, but they the maybe the biggest surprises are unless you've been reading up on this stuff. Lando Calrissian is back. Uh, Billy D. Williams uh, playing him, of course, and uh, so nice to see him in the Millennium Falcon. I assume, and uh, and then a big big uh, surprise at the end 
is uh, we've got – you can fast forward, I guess, for a few seconds if you don't want me to spoil this trailer for this movie. But uh, you hear a laugh. Let, oh, let's play it. Let's listen to the laugh. <laughs> And the, the assumption among not just myself, and but probably everyone responding to it when this video went live is that that is Emperor Palpatine, uh, who was the bad guy through, yeah, I guess the first six movies, um, you know, implied. I don't think he's in the first movie, uh, The New Hope, but he's in pretty much all the others. He rose as the chancellor, became the emperor, became the big bad guy, was Vader's boss, and then got thrown down a well. <laughs> like, I don't know what you call it. Like... Big. If you're an evil galactic warlord or whatever, don't don't put a bottomless pit in your office. <laughs> like when you have that many enemies, and and then like, and then try murdering your like your your all powerful assistant son right in front of him uh, because yeah, you know, it's just a bad combo. And he got yeah, thrown thrown down out. a bottomless pit, and one would assume uh, that he was gone forever. Uh, but hey. Apparently he's back because episode eight, I won't get into it because some people may not still not have seen it. Episode eight had some big change ups in terms of who was the bad guy. Did you see episode eight? No, I did not. I'm really showing all my cards here. Yeah, I'm so no, sorry. I'm not going to say you missed a lot. Um, I didn't love it. Um, that was not, the sentiment. See, I wasn't, you know, super, super crazy looking to get, go see it. A lot of, lot of, you know, I'm not going to rehash the really toxic uh, conversations that happened online about that movie. I, none of those are the reasons I disliked it. Like no, the diversity and the empowerment of women was was zero percent any any issues I had with it or the way that they portrayed uh, Princess Leia. Uh, no, 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 all that was fine. No, it was just it was just kind of a clunker. Just the mm-hmm. movie just kind of was like did some neat things, killed a lot of time. And just just made you sit through a whole lot. Uh, so I'm excited. I watched this. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We got through the boring middle chapter. And now we can just dive into Ray is a badass. And could be cutting some fools with lightsabers. And, uh, you know, and if the they want stuff. to bring back the Emperor, cool. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, so anyway, that's the trailer. You can check it out on adweek.com or honestly, wherever. It's everywhere. You're not going to be getting away from that trailer, uh, but uh, let's let's talk streaming. So Disney Plus, this is the streaming service we've been talking about for ages. Uh, mm-hmm. That Disney, as many Netflix uh, subscribers, especially parents, probably noticed that they began pulling a lot of their content. Uh, geez, like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Slowly weaning all that stuff off of Netflix and off of uh, Hulu. And uh, so it's just little things like um, Phineas and Ferb, you know, Mm -hmm. just vanished after being on Netflix forever. And, uh, you know, just a lot of these kid shows, my kids certainly noticed. They're like, where is everything? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there was no real option unless you wanted to go buy every single episode on Amazon, which no. Um, And now we we know. We know where it's all going to live. So tell us what we learned this week about Disney+. Plus. Yeah, we got a lot of new cool uh, details out of the um, the chat with investors this week. Um, so Disney Plus is coming in November. It's going to be six ninety nine a month, or sixty dollars for a year, and um, all the content that's slowly been disappearing off of all your favorite streaming services. It's going to be live on Disney Plus, including a lot of new original programming. Um, it's huge, a good portion of its library of content, including all of the Pixar movies. Um, they're going to have a lot of new original programming built 
specifically for the platform and something that I'm really excited about. They're going to have exclusive access to its movies after its theatrical release. And the first one is going to be um, Captain Marvel, of course. So on, on day one, when it launches, you're going to have Captain Marvel, that entire library of movies, and um, a ton of original content. Is it, do we know, I mean, how thorough of a library of the movies it's going to have, of Disney movies? Yes, I mean, so you bring up a a big point, and that was a part of the announcement last night. I mean, a lot of their content is licensed, especially internationally, um, and so they have rights to some of the Disney content. Exactly how much and what um, is still kind of under wraps, it's hard to say what will be on the platform program-wise. But a lot of your favorites are going to be there. Movies from like, you know, Bambi, um, the original Lion King, um, Sound of Music is going to be on the platform. Um, And you're also under their partnership with FX or their absorption of FX, rather. You're going to get 30 old seasons of The Simpsons. And that was kind of a surprise that they talked at the end there. Um, But those licensing requirements are going to slow their international expansion as they kind of determine what they can show, uh, what they can't show, and where. Um, And a big point that they made last night is you're going to be what you're going to get on day one is going to not be what you're going to be able to get on, on, you know, day 79, day 90. Um, They are going to be adding to the library pretty extensively as they continue to ramp up what they're originally producing and as these licensing agreements expire, they're going to, you know, sort of nix those contracts and just have it all live on Disney+. Plus. I feel like it looks about like what we expected it to look like. Kind of looks, yeah. it, it reminded mm-hmm. me of uh, Amazon Prime, um, mm-hmm. more, more so than Netflix. Like it's kind of well-organized. Not to say Prime is all that well-organized, but, you know, it's modular. Yeah. Like it looked like you can just kind of, okay, click Star Wars, click Marvel. Like, like you can just kind of go into whatever bucket. Uh, but I, I liked it. I mean, it was pretty yeah. pretty clean looking interface considering how much I truly despise Hulu and Netflix <laughs> as the interface. Like it's just painful. It's like they're both just punishing you for using their services. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It looks pretty clean and crisp. Um, as you mentioned, they have all the content organized by brands. So you can go right into what they have for Marvel or National Geographic um, or Pixar even. Or you can add your own list. Um you can sort by movies or by TV shows. And I think that's also something that's really important they announced last night um, for all the families and young watchers out there. You can create your own profiles and use avatars from all the different Disney um, characters and choose them, your favorites. Um, but you can also just sort of turn off all parental controls on some of those profiles so that when they go and access from their own prior f- profiles, they're not going to see those bigger, um, you know, maybe seedier big Marvel movies. They're only going to see the content that, that you, you know, you allow them to see. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about, you know, your your gritty, hard R Disney movies. <laughs> but the reality is me. Yeah, there's like my kids are. Um, you know, young still, mm-hmm. they're a few years apart. And we do like it's and they even ask like why we parse out which movies they can see. Like they haven't seen um uh Infinity War. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just because like it's bleak. You know, it's a dark movie. Um right. and it's one of those where like they'd probably be fine, but you know, some Marvel movies super bright and happy, and then some just straight up brutal. Um and yeah. you know, it's so it's it that's nice that they included some of those features because even though I think if you don't have kids you you may not always sit around thinking that these are all that different, but the reality is like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, what if what a seven year old's going to watch and what a twelve year old are going to watch? It's going to be pretty different stuff. Yeah, um, completely. And this entire service is ad free, right? 
It is, yeah. Um, so this service is going to be ad-free. ESPN Plus, um, which of course Disney has arms in, is also ad-free. And then um, Hulu, though, is their one arm in, in ad-supported content. And they did tease last night that they may, down the line, offer all three of those services for a discounted bundle. Um but beyond them saying, you know, this might be happening down the line, they didn't really give any more details about that. But they, you know, really see, of course, ESPN Plus as being their their sports and live content and Disney Plus being for the younger demographic and Hulu being for that sort of in-between audience, maybe uh, skews older. Um, so Disney's play here, really, when you think about it, is huge um, as, as they move into these streaming wars that we're in now. Let's talk about the price point. Uh, six yeah. ninety nine a month, uh, 70 a year. That's uh, that's just dirt cheap, right? Uh, am yeah, I wrong in thinking nothing. that that no, is crazy nothing. cheap? Um, yeah. And you yeah. think about all the hours of content that you get. Um, I mean, also included in that price is their their library of content. You know, movies are coming out of the Disney vault to live on Disney+. Plus. Um, so movies that used to not be available until they came in stores and you had to go and and buy and fight for the DVD. I mean, that's not going to be a thing anymore with this. Um, Also, what's really kind of cool about Disney Plus is that you're going to be able to download content on the go, and that's all content for as long as you're a subscriber. So, you know, if you want to watch a movie on the the road or on a plane, that's going to be completely doable with their new capabilities. Yeah, so, I I mean, I, I don't think either of us would describe this as a Netflix killer, uh, mm-hmm. But it it is 100% a game changer, right? Yeah, I would say. I mean, there's so many times when I want to watch a show that on the plane or, you know, I mean, you can even watch it on the subway at that point because you can download it and watch it wherever. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge draw. And $60 a year and, and, you know, $7 a month, I think in the grand scheme of things, isn't anything to to bat your eyes over. Yeah, and I mean, to clarify, like, I mean, I mean a game changer just across the board, just like what they're offering, the extent of what they're offering for the price they are mm-hmm. is, I mean, I, I've I've been saying for like a year now that if that thing is 15 bucks, it'll be the, the for parents especially, but or for any kind of super fan, like, that's the easiest 15 bucks you're going to spend, right? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, comes sorry, out, it's like seven. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I was talking to Jason Lynch, my editor, and who also wrote a big, pretty big analysis on what this kind of means at large for streaming services. Um, but I was talking to him this morning. He has young kids, and we were talking about at what at what price point would you? I mean, would you pay for this? Going into last night, he was thinking that was going to be closer to ten. You know, you're saying fifteen. Um, so it offers so much content for those younger watchers that I think they really could have gotten you know, maybe even 20, closer to 20 out of, out of families for this service. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a loss leader almost, right? Like they're, they're clearly pricing it at the lowest, I would assume like the lowest mm-hmm. level you can mm-hmm. just think about the back end, the cost of running something this data intensive. I mean, I have no idea, you know, I don't, I don't know the costs that go into hosting a streaming service, but like, mm-hmm. That's so cheap. You know, mm-hmm. I'm paying, as of a few days ago, I'm back to paying 15 bucks for HBO. I will cancel it once mm-hmm. I've gotten through Game of Thrones and binged, uh, you know, the the True Detective and a few other things that I've been kind of waiting for the – but I'm not going to stick around. And, man, it, I saw several tweets uh, since this announcement of, like, this, this is real bad for HBO, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to have Disney come out and be like, 
seven bucks <laughs> for all this. Yeah. Well, Bob Iger, when they first announced it way back when, said that it was going to be cheaper than Netflix. And last night he made a point of saying that they want the service to be accessible to all different types of families um, who might be willing to enjoy this content. But you raise a good point in that, you know, it's going to scare the other streaming services or at least cause ripple effects. Um, I think not only by making it accessible to younger families or to families who might not be able to afford those other streaming options, it also opens it up to people like me who I don't have children. I don't have um, young audiences at home, but I am really interested in that um, for the nostalgic factor, those shows that I grew up watching and those movies that I grew up watching. And so for $7 a month, that's a lot easier to bring me on board than $15 a month going up something like HBO. I mean, I could totally see adding this to my monthly package. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that a year from now, and maybe we said this on the last episode where we talked about streaming, the future of streaming, I just feel like a year from now, the landscape of what you subscribe to is going to look so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the Pluto TV and the, some of the free TV stuff uh, that we've been talking about. And, w- and when I say, like, streaming services you subscribe to, I just mean when someone says, what do you watch? You right. know, it's like, well, I subscribe to these two. And, like, you know, honestly, Hulu would have been the first to go for me if I was going to sign up for a new service like this one, except that Hulu is literally free uh, for me because I'm, I'm a Spotify subscriber. Mm. So, like, I use the light ad support. One. So it's kind of fascinating to me that on the one hand you have Netflix raising its prices um, at the time that you've got Disney debuting this, to me, I mean, not to everybody, but a dirt cheap service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And then you've got uh, Hulu essentially going free for for people or, you know, you can get Hulu pretty cheap uh, kind of through a variety of different ways. I don't know. It's like it's like it's impossible to tell where the pricing is going. right? <laughs> because like mm-hmm. Some are going up, some are going down. I think Netflix is just as we talked about in the last episode. I think they're just kind of literally paying the price for this arms race of content development. Uh, mm-hmm. that they've been doing. And, you know, we just talked about Game of Thrones. Uh, they are developing a new series um, for The Witcher. Uh, do you know much about this one? No, I don't. So The Witcher is yet another, like, it's kind of now where Game of Thrones was five, six, not good Lord at this point, I guess 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. before before it had become a series. Uh, Witcher is a fantastic series of books, um, but pretty obscure and they turned them into video games the video games became very popular that's how i discovered it and then i went back and read the books and i was like oh these are legitimately great and now it's a netflix series starring uh henry cavill i think is his name okay. the superman mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. um but you know they, they keep saying like this is going to be netflix's game of thrones and is it good I don't know. It's not. We, we've seen almost nothing. Um, okay, gotcha. It's. Uh, I think they're filming, or they're. Who knows? Um, but it's not. Nothing's been revealed yet, other than a few photos of him with like long white hair, uh, which is kind of funny looking for Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's just one of those where like, I believe that if if anyone's going to invest, in it, if it's not going to be HBO, I'm glad it was Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad it was somebody's going to dump money on it. Uh, hopefully, as as a fan of the show. But you know that it's like. You're not making movies. You're making these long nine episode, super mm-hmm. expensive series. I just got well. We're in the process of watching the OA. Uh, were you mm-hmm. an OA fan at all? Mm-hmm. I was for a brief bit, but fell out of favor. Like we were, we're like halfway through the season two, and the budget is just so much higher. Yeah. Like so, so much more money, and you're just like. They are just dumping so many, so much money into these shows, and at some point the bill comes due. You know, it's like you, yeah. you can only keep growing when so much of Netflix's revenue has been about just it's 
not to say it's a pyramid scheme, but you know, it's like you're kind of hoping new members cover the cost that you've the billion dollars in content development that you've spent. Mm -hmm. You just hope you can keep growing fast enough to keep paying those bills. and so anyway, yeah, it's a, I, it'll be interesting. Like for Disney, they're just like, oh, whatever, we're making mountains of gold. It's like we got Scrooge McDuck vaults over here. Uh, right, right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good point, too. I mean, we, maybe all these streaming services don't and shouldn't be chasing Game of Thrones and HBO and should not be um, producing that much original content. But what puts Disney in a good spot is, as you said, it's huge library of content that's already been out there. Um, and also how they are leveraging future content and creating more of it. For example, last night they said that they have a documentary um, team following their animators around who are working on Frozen 2. So um, Frozen 2, when it goes through theaters, after it's in theaters, it'll be exclusively on Disney+, Plus, as well an exclusive documentary that showed how the team put that movie together. Um, so they're being really smart about thinking what kind of content they have coming down the pike and how they're going to repackage it for the platform. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're sitting in a pretty good spot. Like, uh, you, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird era where, if it were almost any other company, and you were talking about just how much they own now and how gigantic mm-hmm. they've gotten, it, like none of us would be happy about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if if this were Google, if this were Facebook, uh, if this were, you know, any other major corporation, you'd probably be like, eh. but like Disney, I don't know. Like they've they they revived the Star Wars franchise in, in a way that. You know, fans haven't always loved, but, you know, God bless them for bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've just generally done right by all these properties, by Marvel. Uh, I'm sure they'll do well by Fox. Um, it's just they, they haven't done much to really make anybody mad. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say they haven't done anything to make people mad. But, like, they've, you know, they're just generally like, nah, all right, Disney seems to reinvest. Uh, they seem to focus on the quality of the content. Like one of my kids the other day was saying, like, why is Netflix just so overwhelmingly filled with garbage? And, you know, as an adult who's grown up with TV being overly filled with garbage, I'm not I'm not all that surprised. Mm-hmm. But she's like, why is this here? Who watches these things? I, I spend 90% of my time scrolling past trash to get to the few things that are worth watching. And I was like, welcome to television. But, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, like I do think the Disney service is going to be like, I mean, I could eat these words someday, but uh, that it'll generally be good quality content. Like, it may not be what you're into, but it's not going to be this just laughably low budget trash that they picked up in some bulk licensing deal. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Everything I think on that platform is going to be of a certain quality. Well, when does all this come out? Um, it's going to be mid November of 2019. Um, so you have some time to sort through your subscriptions and figure out what you're going to get rid of to bring this one on. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be really interesting when it finally, finally comes and that's in the United States and the rollout is going to be different throughout the rest of the world, but it's going to start here in, in the U S at that price, at that price point. Wow. Well, thank you, Sarah Jurdy, digital media reporter for Adweek. Thanks so much for making time for us again and for catching us up on all things Disney Plus and Game of Thrones. Uh, it was a <laughs> super fun, really nerdy conversation. I'm so glad you could join me for it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Griner. All right. Uh, our theme music is by Home. 
Uh, this episode was produced by Anya Fernando and uh, with production assistance from Josh Rios, who is enjoying his Game of Thrones Adidas, I'm sure, uh, and edited by Lane McGivney. Uh, if you have not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. Uh, for Adweek, I'm David Greiner. We will be back next week. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.